I always tell everybody I've gotten more out of uh, praise and worship than I've ever gotten out of prayer. Prayer is good, but I've gotten more out of praise and worship because prayer gets God's ear, but worship gets his presence. And the word executes his will. So if we can get that down, uh, we'd be successful in all that we do. I'm always amazed at how WIDA and, and uh, Bernice's praise team is all flowing in the same vein <clears throat> as the message is going to flow in. I heard, I heard WIDA, I was in the room back there praying, and, and I heard something about, did you, did you went about doing good? And something held you back. Every time we go about doing good, something always holds us back. And then Verdice comes around with circling around the same spots over and over again. How many of us have done that? I've done it. But we do have a master plan. God has a master plan. For our lives. And hopefully tonight uh, you will leave here. If you leave here with this with this truth, with, with these promises, you can be whole by the end of the year. You know, God's waiting on us. He's done it all. He is He is truly waiting on us. And, and if we get these principles down tonight and, and look at the things that are really holding us back. Because if something is holding you back, you've got one of these things going on in your life. And if we can identify these things, we can resist them. Because you can't resist something you haven't identified. Amen? You've got to identify tonight. And then you have to resist and submit to the truth. And then recover the life that you lost that we lost in the Garden of Eden so that we can live that life abundantly in Christ. I thank God for Kingdom Life Ministry. I thank God for the praise team. I thank God for all the saints. I thank God for all the people that showed up tonight. I just thank God. He's so good. I mean, just think all of us were somewhere else on a Saturday night before, right? All of us was on River Street or somewhere on Saturday night. But look where we are tonight. Hungry for God on a Saturday night. Praise the Lord. I think that's awesome. Are you ready for some spiritual equipping tonight? This is spiritual equipping night. And uh, when you come on Saturday night, be prepared to stay a little while. You don't have to stay the whole time. You can leave if you need to. But the tapes will be ready next Saturday. Uh, or during the week so that you can get them. But if we're not spiritually equipped by the Holy Spirit, we are not equipped. We're being led the wrong way. Because spiritual equipping is, is one thing. I'm going to give you some definitions of spiritual equipping. One is learning how to praise and worship. If you can get that down, 
you, you're on the road to recovery. If you can just get that down, you're on the road to recovery. Spiritual equipping is a, a supply of tools and provision from the Holy Spirit to furnish the qualities necessary for performance. Look, we are all about performance. We're supposed to be striving into this kingdom. We're supposed to be advancing into the, this kingdom. Every time you get up every morning, you should be advancing into the kingdom that day. The day before shouldn't be like the day that you're in today. Something should change today. And like Weta said, going about doing good, you will change yourself and you'll change the people around you. But these, to, to furnish the qualities necessary for performance, to dress up in the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect bride. Isn't that awesome? To dress up in the knowledge of the Son of God. Can you imagine the garments wearing the knowledge of the Son of God? I, I see a lot of priests with all these robes and all these scriptures and all these things hanging off of them like they have the appearance of the knowledge of the Son of God. But they don't. A lot of them don't. But if you can get this tonight, Ephesians 4, 13 and 14 says, No longer children tossed to and fro by the trickery of men. I'm just doing some foundational work right now. I'm not, I'm not getting into the message quite yet. I want to do some foundational work so that, so that I've got your mind fixed on something tonight. I want your mind fixed on something tonight so that we can, we can build on a foundation tonight. Hebrews 6.1 says, Leaving the elementary principles of Christ foundation of repentance the cross and go on to perfection i was i was uh with two pastors yesterday and 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 teaching them and and ministering to them and we were conversing back and forth and you know we've got to get the bride the leaders have to get the bride from the cross come on from the cross from the elementary teachings of christ and go on to perfection of what the cross did. But the bride's still hanging on to the cross. She's still hanging on to the cross. She's born again. She's still hanging on the cross. Like a baby holding on to a mother or a father. Still holding on to the cross. We're supposed to go on to perfection. We cannot move without revelatory teaching. I thank God for this function that he has placed me in. It wasn't easy getting prepared or processed for this, for this function. But I'm able to feed pastors and leaders the principles, the revelations that they need to feed their bride, feed the bride. They've got the bride fenced in, protected, nurtured, blessed, but she needs to grow up. And listen, the bride will never grow past the pastor. You'll never grow past your teacher. So if, if, if I can spend every Friday afternoon pouring in to pastors, then they can pour in to the bride. And we can all grow up together. A glorious church. 
representing an invisible God walking the earth. Amen? That's where we're headed, representing an invisible God. See, he's still on the inside. He's still on the inside. The only way that you can get him on the outside is your mind has to get changed. Your mind has to be renewed. You see, the Spirit saved the spirit man, but it's the Word that saves the soul man. Did you get that? The Spirit saves the spirit man, but the Word saves the soul man. And listen, you can't get the Word by mental assertion. Come on. You've got to get the Word through meditation. And that Word has to be revealed to you to change your mind. It's got to be a ha-ha, aha experience, a, a revelation to an illumination to you. It's got to jump off the page, and you know that word is for you. <clears throat> when it jumps off the page, you know it's got life on it, and it's got enough life uh, to keep you yielded to it. Because, listen, there's not enough repentance in the church. There's not enough repentance in the church. Repentance means change your mindset. Change your way of thinking. And the reason there's not enough repentance in the church is because there's not enough revelation. Revelation puts a demand on repentance. You can't run from it. Revelation will chase you down. It's the love of God. It's His love chasing the bride down, getting her closer to Him getting her closer to him. You can't grow in Christ without revelation of who he is. So what's holding us back from performance? The spiritual tools, the principles, the spiritual provision that dress us up in the knowledge of the Son of God. Listen, principles plus provision equals knowledge. Get that. Principles Plus, provision equals knowledge. Proverbs 19.2 says, It is not good for a soul to be without knowledge and miss the mark. How many of us have missed the mark? We've all missed the mark, okay? Proverbs 19.2 says, It is not good for a soul. He didn't say the spirit. He said, a soul to be without knowledge and miss the mark. Well, missing the mark is sin, right? So listen, we are marked to be complete in Christ. We are marked to be a complete in Christ. And to be in complete in Christ, we have to be whole spirit, soul, body, and finance. Well, where did finance come from? A lot of religious devils have, have challenged me on that. Where did finance come from? I said, it is the covenant of Abraham. It is the fourfold blessings that we are grafted into through the bloodline of Jesus Christ, all the way back to Abraham. It's, it's the covenant. So, we keep missing the mark of maturity through lack of knowledge. We keep missing the mark of maturity through lack of knowledge. What provision does, 
knowledge gives us that keeps what provision does knowledge gives us that keeps us from missing the mark so so provision gives us the knowledge we need that keeps us from missing the mark how do you know that the word provides the word provides god spoke the word and created everything in this world we're supposed to do the same thing. We are created beings. So everything we speak, that if it's in line with God's will, should come into existence. Amen. Come on, it should come into existence. He said, he said to speak those things that are not as though they are. We've been speaking so many things that haven't come, but come to pass because we had a lack of knowledge. Amen. We've had a lack of knowledge. So knowledge gives us understanding of what's holding us back from maturity. That's what knowledge does. It gives us understanding of what's holding us back from maturity. So tonight, you're, you're going to receive some powerful revelations from Christ that keeps you held back, that kept you held back from being complete in Him. How many of us know what it feels like to be held back from his best. Come on, everybody ought to be raising their hands tonight. Tossed to and fro by the deception of man. Come on. Tossed to and fro by the deception of man, by the trickery of man, feeling stuck. How many of you feel stuck? Come on. Listen. If you're, if you're not full in Christ, if you're not lit up like this man right here that Daniel prophesied, the anointed ones, the lit up ones, the shining ones, then you're stuck somewhere. Because we, after 2,000 years, we should have already been here. 2,000 years, most of us are still here. And keep birthing the same thing over and over again. Well, if you'll hang with us on Saturday night, you'll be able to get to that man on the end right there because that's the call on this ministry. Feeling stuck, saying to yourself, is this all there is to a life in Christ? No. Like Verdice sang that song, the best is yet to come. God is setting the stage for you to display you into this world that needs the glorious sons of God to come forth, to pull them out of their corruption. So how many of you are in the the in-between zone? Living in the in-between zone from the already to the not yet. In-between zone right here. Think about where you are. Are you here? Think about where you are on this, on this vision of the little men growing. The Lord has not given me uh, the revelation to identify where people are in this journey. But he says he is. 
we've got to get some principles down first. But we're going to be able to identify, am I still here? Or am I here? You're going to be able to, be able to identify by the measure of flesh that you're stealing, still dealing with. The measure of flesh. So how many of you have, have experienced shipwrecked faith? Come on, shipwrecked faith. Getting off course. Running hard. Thinking you're on the right path. And you end up in the ditch. Because the Bible says the blind lead the blind. They both fall into the ditch. So you are following somebody that was blind. So tonight's your night to get it right. James 127 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Ephesians 527 I'm going to move along pretty quickly because I've got a lot to get out tonight. Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And Revelation 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Who's, who's the wife? You, the church. You are the bridegroom. We are the bride, we are the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen? But he says in, here in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, he says, she has made herself ready. Now, how has she done that? How does the bride get ready for Christ? He said it in James, James and Ephesians. He said, keeping yourself unspotted from the world. Not having spot or wrinkle or any kind of blemish. These scriptures address spots and blemishes more than anything else. These three scriptures address spots and blemishes more than anything else. Spots are the leftovers from deception of the soul. Listen, when you were born again, your spirit was washed. Your spirit is clean. You have a clean spirit. But when Jesus said you have to work out your salvation... So the spots are in the soul of man. You have a spirit and you have a soul. So the spots are still resident in the soul of man. The spirit saved the spirit man. The word, what? Saves the soul man. It says in the word that the word of God is able to save the soul. It didn't say the spirit. Grace saved the spirit man through faith. So listen, we got to spend more time in this book. If this is what's going to, if this is what's going to wash me of spots, 
And, and if this is, is going to bring Jesus back once I'm washed, then I need to be living this thing. I need to be eating this word in the morning and at night. The residue of the fall of Adam still exists. And that's what you see on the little men chart right there. All that dark stuff is still the residue of the fall of Adam. But let's, let's define a spot. It's a stain. The definition of it is a stain. There's, there's three definitions. It's a stain, it's a target, and it's a position. So you see a spot, it's a target. Or a, a spot can be a position. So keep those three definitions in mind as we move forward. Because spots keep you from receiving what you ask for. How many of you keep asking God and asking God and for years have not received? Amen. I mean, everybody ought to raise their hand on that one. Why is that? Why is that? Because he, he said, ask in my name and I will do it. He said in John, uh, uh, when he was talking about the, the vine and the branches, he said, if you abide in me, that means the born again experience. That's a spiritual experience. And my word abides in you. Now, what's he talking about? Hmm? The soul. He could have said, if you abide in me, and my word abides in me. Okay? But he said you. Now, you're not a you. You're a saint. You're a son of God. You're daughters of God. When he said you, he means that you have to get that word in you. Okay? And then he goes on to say, now you can ask whatever you want. And it shall be done for you. If, I, if you abide in me, he said, and my word abides in you, you shall ask your desires, and it shall be done for you. How quick is that? He's waiting on us. Look how much we've missed by being children. You can't grow up until your mind's renewed. We can't grow up until our mind's renewed. We can go in church every Sunday, and the preacher preaches and uh, pumps up the spirit man. Gets the spirit man edified, full of joy. And two days into the week, he's back down again. You know why? Because you can get pumped up in spirit in a church service. But when you leave the church service and you get in your work days, it comes back right back to where you were. It's a taste of where you should be. A taste. Spots. I'm going to give you some more definitions the Lord put in my spirit uh, in worship on spots. He said, spots cause us to look awake, 
but are actually sleepwalking through life. I told my wife, I said, I said, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get all this out tonight. That tells you how, how the Lord is on this. I've got 44 pages up here. I'll never get out tonight. I couldn't stop writing for three mornings. <clears throat> so I may skip over th- some things so we can get to these visions. And we'll pick up again the next time I'm supposed to speak. Spots are anchors. It actually anchors us to the world. Through the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which are of the world. Spots are targets for spiritual darts of Satan. So if you got fiery darts coming your way, then you know there's a target. If you've got fiery darts of Satan coming your way constantly, then you know that there's a target. I think the Word of God says you're supposed to lift up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the evil one. So you can extinguish them, but they keep coming back. Spots are, are spots give Satan a claim, a right to exercise his kingdom in you. Can you imagine that? Spots give Satan a claim on your life to exercise his kingdom through God's temple. Now, how embarrassing is that to Jesus? Isn't that embarrassing to Jesus? It would be embarrassing to me if I was Jesus. That, that the bride is allowing Satan to manifest his kingdom through the, through the bride. And we're going, you're going to find out how he does that as we move on. Sparts, spots are the residue of deception. Therefore, the deceiver is attracted to the spots. Who's the deceiver? Satan. So we give Satan back the power he was stripped off of at the resurrection of Jesus Christ through the spot. We give him back that power. He has no power. He has zero power. But listen, we give it back to him. Through what? Lack of knowledge. See, if you have knowledge, you'll wash that spot. The Word of God will wash that spot. Knowledge comes through the Word. Spots keep us from being keep us from being led into a future we've never known. That's what I said. The best is yet to come. Don't get weary in doing good because the best is already here. The principles have already come forth so that the best can come. Spots entice unstable souls. Spots entice unstable souls. Spots keep you tossed to and fro, never obtaining the rest that God called you to. What is a rest in God? Does that mean stop working? What's it mean? 
It means your soul has to come into a rest. See, your spirit man's already at rest. We can agitate the spirit man through the soul. But when the soul comes into a rest, that is when Jesus becomes what? Lord. Come on. We're getting it. So Jesus is Savior and Lord. For a lot of us, he's still Savior. So when does he become Lord? When your mind's renewed. Amen. Because, he, listen, he cannot be Lord over sin. It's got to be through a renewed mind that he becomes Lord. And listen, you need his lordship. You need him to shepherd you. You need him as the overseer of your soul. But until the mind is renewed, he is still Savior. Did you get it? He's still Savior. So spots, and I'm real familiar with this one, spots attract all the counterfeits. All the counterfeit relationships, men, women, business, Listen, if a counterfeit is attracted to your spot, what does that tell you? That Jesus has already released the promise. Because Satan cannot, cannot oppose something he can't see. So, so he saw it pass through that second heaven. He saw Jesus speak... Send the promise. And Satan comes after he sees and hears. Believe me, Satan can hear more than you can hear. He's a spirit. That's why you got to watch your words. You got to watch your words because, because he can, he can, he can uh, raise up a counterfeit to look like just what you're asking God for. So spots cause you to react out of emotions rather than respond out of your spirit. Now I'm laying a foundation. Spots cause you to react when as Christians we're supposed to respond out of our spirit. And if we respond of our spirit because our spirit has love in it, our spirit has peace in it, our spirit has grace in it, we will respond that way. But see, when you react out of the emotions, what happens? Grace gets canceled. Because grace was sent to establish you, to help you. Okay, so, so when grace is sent to establish the promise, the promise is in your heart, 
How many know what the promises are? God puts a desire in your heart. Only God can, can get into this area. This is holy ground right here. The heart. God puts desires in there. The enemy puts desires in your mind and desires in your flesh. So you got to know the difference. But grace establishes the promise of that desire that's in your heart. So when the twin powers are in operation, which I call the spirit of faith and the spirit of grace are in operation and they're working for you, then the enemy comes with his counterfeit or someone comes to try to trigger what's in you that shouldn't be in you. And you react out of emotions, and what happens is you just, you just shut down the spirit of grace through disobedience. Now you have to take the test over again. So spots attract abusers over and over again, masking themselves with a different face. How many of you have been through that? Been abused only to be abused again. Just a different face. Well, these abusers are attracted to something in you. Come on, Satan, Satan has to find agreement somewhere. We're all about walking in agreement. Jesus said, when two of you come together and agree, anything that they ask, Father's going to give you. So if we stay in agreement with the Father, we're going to have everything we need. And if we stay in agreement with, with the God in each other, we're going to have everything we need. But the deceiver, I, I think everybody in this room knows the deceiver by now. Knows how he operates, knows how he works. So now, moving forward, you won't come into agreement with him. And listen, when you don't come into agreement with him, uh, those spots begin to diminish. But you, when you come into agreement with him, the spots get bigger. His kingdom gets more dominion in the soul of man. Like Verdi said, spots keep you circling them over and over again. Repeat performance year after year going over the same thing. Same problem with a different face. How many of you are, how many of you are getting educated on spots tonight? Spots are a big disconnect. They're a major disconnect from the grace of God. 2 Peter 2.13 says, There are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Did you hear that? While you're at church... They're feasting with you.
We're gonna we're gonna nail some we're gonna nail some strongholds tonight, and some of y'all are gonna get set free. As we move on with this message, you might feel a stirring going on in your spirit or in your head, and you know something's working. So you resist the devil and submit to God and what he's saying tonight, and he will flee. But listen, while you're at church, they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, sin, and covetousness, enticing unstable souls. You ever get somebody in church that they're feasting with you? And lusting over the woman next beside of them? Eyes full of adultery? Come on, this is the, the spots are in us. I know saints right now that I know are saints are committing fornication over and over again in the church. I know they're born again, but they've done it so long that the, that the spot has convinced them that it's okay because the anointing is still in operation. Listen, the anointing is there to set you apart, to sanctify you. The anointing is there to do a work to clean you up so that the Father and come to his house and live in you. So saints, you, we've got a work to do. But what I love about what God is doing right now is we get a hold of this message and this revelation and these principles. It says one will put a thousand to flight and two will put ten thousand to flight. That's an acceleration to me. That's a cleanup. So you can imagine just the people in this room, how many devils we can put to flight when one comes through the door with eyes full of adultery, enticing unstable souls. That devil's going to be washed right out of that man because the power is going to be so great in here, he won't be able to stand. He'll be gone. The light will be too bright. But Jude 1.12 says, These spots are in your love feast while they feast with you without fear. Listen, they are feasting with you without fear. I, I, you know, I, I meet a lot of people and talk to a lot of people. That's why I lose my voice by the time I get home. But uh, most of them are Christians. And listen, they have no fear of God. What do you think fear of God means? The hate sin. The hate sin. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's in Psalms. It says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. To hate evil. No fear. So listen, it says in these two scriptures, they are spots. So I asked the Lord, who are they? Because when the Lord addresses his word, he addresses it from the spirit. 
He addresses it from the spirit first. The spirit is always primary, always first. And I said, Lord, who are they? Tell me who are they that's giving the spots influence. Because they got to come from Satan. And listen, if we can, if we can identify these, these spirits, then we can stop his influence. Because you can't stop nothing that you haven't identified. Nothing. So I said, Lord, who are they? And he said, Gene, I want you to go to Jude one eleven, And it said, woe to them. For they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. So the Lord said, there they are. The spirit of Balaam and the spirit of Korah. The spirit of Balaam is the spirit of greed. The spirit of Kara is the spirit of rebellion. These spirits have been around since Jesus' days. Don't you know spirits never die? The same spirits are around today that was around when God created the world. So these two spirits give influence to the spots. They're giving influence to set up Satan's kingdom on your spot. Greed and rebellion. Remember those two, greed and rebellion. And Jude 1.16 says they are grumblers. This is how you can identify them. They are grumblers, complainers. How many have, how many have heard complainers? Listen, if you're complaining, and all of us have been there, you're being influenced to complain. You're being influenced to complain. You're not a born complainer. Complaining comes from these two spirits. It says they're grumblers, complainers, walking according to their lust. They flatter to take advantage and mockers, and they cause division. Tell me that's not in the church. Tell me we just, tell me that's not in the church. Grumblers, complainers, Walking according to lust, flatter to take advantage, mockers, and they cause division. You see, your spirit, again, has been washed and full of light. The soul has not been washed. It's still groping in its darkness. Remember, the word is what saves the soul. Eternal life is accomplished in the spirit man. Listen, eternal life is accomplished in the spirit man. When Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly, that's a twofold statement. It's a twofold work. So eternal life is in the spirit man. It's already in us. We have eternal life in us. But the abundant life that he talked about is accomplished in the 
soul of man. So how many are you are living how many of you are living the abundant life? No hands raised, right? The abundant life. Mason raised his hand. Which abundance are you talking about? <laughs> Spirit, soul, body, finance, whole. That means you're not lacking. That means your spirit is there. We need some air on. Everybody's kind of, Richard, thank you. Your spirit is full of light. When I say your soul is whole, that means you have the mind of Christ. You think like him. You talk like him. Nothing contrary to him comes out of your tongue. Nothing contrary to him comes out of your mouth. Your body is in perfect health. No more pills. The word is occupying. It says the word heals and delivers from destruction. Your finances, you have no debt. Debt is a curse. It ties you to the world. A part of your life is a slave to the world because of debt. It's a spot. So there's no debt, and then you have more than enough to help somebody else. You know, if, if we move by the timing of God, by the promptings of the Holy Spirit, even on our giving, we can wash somebody's spot just by giving. Because if, if you listen to the Spirit, it will give you the timing and release to move with what's in your hand to be released. And you can help somebody because it's the goodness of God that leads to what? Repentance. It's His goodness that leads us to repentance. So most of us have gotten one out of four of these, right? We're whole in the spirit, but the other three is lacking. So we've got one out of four. But Jesus said, you have to work out your salvation. Salvation is the deliverance from evil. That's what salvation means. Deliverance from evil. Life, truth, and love in your spirit carries with it the destruction of evil, sin, and sickness. Life, truth, and love is in your spirit, and it carries with it the destruction of these three things. That's why when the Word of God uh, is illuminated to you, the spirit is being attached to the Word. Because I just said, love Truth is in the Spirit. So the Spirit has to be one with the Word to wash the spot, and then the Word takes place of the spot. That's how it works.
But you have to exercise that. You have to exercise life into the soul man. It's an exercise. How many of you can see this rotation of grace right here? Let me move this back. This is a vision God gave me here based on 1 Peter 5.10. And if you look at that vision, you see suffering. And it says number two, it's position number two. Suffering is where God brings you into a place. It's God-designed, God-directed to wash your spot. He gives us a chance to do it ourselves. He says in Hebrews, there's three disciplines of God. I call it the three loves, three different ways he loves us. Is He chastens, he rebukes, and he scourges. So we're called into the body of Christ here. We're all here. But when we start moving in faith, walking in faith, we should be uh, uh, getting the Word in us and let the Word do it in us. Because if the Word does it in us, you can pass right through suffering without a breath. Without a breath, you can pass right through suffering. But listen, God has appointed you to finish the race. So he's going to bring you to a, a, a place of suffering so that he can wash the spot and the word can make a landing. And while you're in that place of suffering, you have to identify what God is doing. You have to identify your spot. And you have to resist the influence of that spot. And when you do, God, God can move you from suffering to being perfected. And perfected means that you are perfectly clean in that area. Because the Word has made you clean with the Spirit. And in that perfected area, per perfected position I call it, uh, we are made whole, washed and whole. Now we can be strengthened, established, strengthened, and settled in that area of our life, and now we can serve God in purity. There's too many of us serving God and not pure in the areas that we're serving Him. So the Bible says, without vision, the people perish. There are spots. There's three visions I received from the Lord in worship. And these are the three visions, and I'll turn, turn it around as we go. I didn't want to turn them around all at one time because it might get you distracted. <clears throat> I wanted to lay some foundation first. But I was in worship, just like I got the rest of these visions in worship. And the, and the Lord downloaded these three visions and we have our marketing people uh, doing it in the same artwork as these. Uh, but when the Lord gave me these visions, he said, Gene, the whole ministry rotates around these three visions. This ministry rotates around these three visions. Because if we can get these visions of spots identified then we've got the victory. 
we've totally got the victory. But he said there's three primary spots. And you'll notice, you'll notice uh, that uh, there's strong men set up on the spot, and there's spirits attached to the spot. And one, has, one, one vision has six spirits, one has six spirits, and the other has eight spirits. And I said, Lord, that adds up to 20. What does 20 mean? It, it's, 20 is significant. Numbers are significant to God. And he said, well, we're going to, he said, I'm going to give you the, the, the Old Testament backup on these scriptures, on, this, on these visions. And then I'll give you the New Testament backup on these visions. And I won't get into all that tonight. When we have the visions done professionally, it'll have all the scripture on it to back them up. But he said, Numbers 20, 1 through 29. It's when Israel came out of Egypt. You remember that? When Israel came out of Egypt into the wilderness, a place of bickering and complaining. So you know that you're in a wilderness season when you begin to bicker and complain. God is working something out of you so that you can get to the promised land. Listen, Jesus said he's the only one that can bring things to light. He said, I'll reveal those things that are hidden and make known those things that are unknown. So when Jesus starts shining the light on you in your wilderness, then stuff comes out that he wants it replaced with his word so that you can get into the promised land. Listen, you can't get into the promised land unless the word is occupied in you. You can't get there. But listen, they were going, they were in the wilderness, a, a place of bickering and complaining. They were on their way to the promised land. Listen to that. They were on their way to the promised land. Listen, you are on your way to the promised land. All of us sitting here are on our way to the abundant life in Christ. The abundant life in Christ. But listen, they rebelled at the waters of Meribah, which is a place of bickering and complaining. So the ones who rebelled could not enter the promised land. Egypt is a place of bondage, and God delivered them from Egypt, but they had to pass through the wilderness to get to the promised land. So the church of Jesus Christ is still wandering into the wilderness. Come on. We're still in the wilderness. We have not reached the abundant life yet. Because the abundant life of Christ will not lead you into debt to get the abundant life. Did you hear that? I, I hear everybody justifying debt. Well, God led me into that. He was helping me. Listen, if you can't pay it off, then it's a debt. If you can't pay it off, it's a debt. So pride actually leads us into debt. I asked the Lord, I said, what, what, what leads us into debt? He said, pride. Spirit of pride. And pride comes before what? Okay, and there's a lot of falling going on right now, right? <laughs> there's a lot of falling going on right now. So it tells you, if you're in debt, I'd try everything you can to get out of it because... The fall is coming. It will come. 
Let's move on. So the church of Jesus Christ is still in the wilderness, not experiencing the abundant life that Christ called us to. For those who don't have spots, and I wanted to get this out there, for if you don't have any spots, this may not address you. But you can use this to minister to others. Because when you identify, when you look at these visions, you'll be able to identify, you'll be able to minister so effectively to people. Because remember, Satan does not want to be found out. He does not want you to know his claim on your life. So he surrounds himself with deception. And deception is what? The appearance of something that is not. So you'll minister effectively to people. So we're going to go to the first vision, and, and I'm going to explain this one. And my daughter did this for me. Praise the Lord. Krista did a great job. Isn't that awesome? Let's give Krista a hand. Amen. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. We got them, got them wrong here. Got him, got him, this one goes here. Oh. All right, I'm getting messed up now. Hold on. This one goes over here. This is the last one. I didn't want to put them all up because because uh, you'll get too preoccupied. We can only handle so much. So here we are. Here's the first one. The Lord said to put them in this order. And everybody see it. The Lord said this is the unknown spot. And notice the strong man sitting on the spot. Now this is a spot in the soul of man. If you can picture your soul, your soul has four compartments okay intellect will emotions and affections so these spots are in all four of these compartments so the strong man sets up his his uh, throne you'll see his throne there on top of the spot and I said Lord what is this strong man tell me about this strong man so we know how to deal with him. And he said, I heard it in my spirit. He said, the strong man is a prophet of Satan. Now a prophet is what? He's an inspired preacher, minister. That's what a prophet is. He's an inspired minister. And he said, notice Gene, he, he, he's the prophet of Satan and this is his ministry. And I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to get angry tonight. Because he's been found out. So that's his ministry. So if you run into a minister that's ministering out of bitterness, envy, jealousy, he's a false minister. He's supposed to be ministering out of love and truth, and life. 
But the strong man is a prophet of Satan, he said. And he is attracted to the residue of the fall of man. But look what's under. Look what's under. Look, look what's under. Look what it, look, what's he sitting under. What's he holding under his throne? Unforgiveness. Listen, the unknown, the unknown spot, if you want to write this down, it's a part of us that we are guided into a new future where destiny awaits us. So there's a part of our soul that has to cooperate with our spirit man, and it takes us to a place we've never known, destiny, what we were created for. But the prophet of Satan comes from the spirit of who? Balaam and Korah. Greed and rebellion. Now each spot will have a strong influence of either greed or rebellion or both. Your spot might, might have both of these spirits influencing you. Uh, or it could be one. The spot of unforgiveness would be one of these. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, tell me, how many, which one of these spots have both spirits influencing the spot? And which one of these spots have one spirit? So that we're not exercising our faith in vain. How many of you exercise your faith in vain? Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not things. So you've got to have substance, and substance is what? Truth. Substance is truth. He said the spot of unforgiveness would be influenced by the spirit of Korah. Which is rebellion. You see, the strong man has to be fully armed to guard his house. So his goods can be at peace. So who's the strong man? Kara. The Lord said, this is his army. Anger, envy, jealousy, bitterness, pride, and complaining is his army. That's his defense system. Actually, when the Lord told me uh, that this, this, this strong man was a prophet, I said, Lord, then these must be his armor bearers. And he said, yes. I feel the anointing. We're hitting something. You see, the defense system keeps his goods at peace. And what's the goods? Unforgiveness. As long as he can keep this at peace and protected and shielded, he can keep you from discovering your undiscovered potential, your destiny.
You see, the defense system, they pop up, they pop out your mouth without warning. When someone gets too close to the prefer, for, too, clo- too close to the to the forbidden fruit. Because the unknown spot deals with forbidden fruit. So we've identified his army, his defense system, the spirit of anger, the spirit of envy, spirit of jealousy, spirit of bitterness, spirit of pride, and spirit of complaining. These spirits actually keep the strong man strong. Listen, a minister up here is no good without the people he's got around him. Is is that right? The CEO of a business is no good unless he's got the right people around him to support him. So these spirits actually keep the strong man strong so that his goods are in peace. So the spot is the residue of the fall of Adam, the residue of unforgiveness. It's a residue because a strong man is attracted to that residue. So in Christ, listen, in Christ, if you're in Christ tonight, your spirit has been washed of unforgiveness because you can't forgive somebody unless you've been forgiven. You don't have the power to forgive. So when you get born again, now you have the power to forgive. But yet the residue is still in the soul of man. And that's what this strong man is attracted to. So Jesus said, you have to work out what's in your spirit into your soul. So the forgiveness that's in us, we have to work it out into our soul, our mind. So the soul needs to be washed from Satan's influence. So if it's just a spot and has no power, how does the strong man come to give the spot power? How does he come? He comes through the two spirits. Well, in this case, he comes through the spirit of Korah. That's how he comes. But listen, something has to cause him to come. Amen? He knows the spot is there. But something has to cause him for you to rebel. Amen? I asked the Lord, what are they? He said, these are some of them, the main ones, offenses, trespasses. Someone did you wrong, deceived you. Someone betrayed you. Someone abused you. Divorce, slander, all these things that are causes to provoke these demonic spirits. That's why Jesus said, take no offense. Don't receive an offense. 
because something's attached to it, and it's demonic. Offenses, trespasses, someone's did you wrong, deceived you, betrayed you, abused you, divorced you, slandered your name, and it goes on and on. Anything that prompts you that you have unforgiveness towards someone tonight, then your destiny is held up. Your undiscovered potential is held up. In fact, you can't see it because you're blinded of because of the spot. The spot has you blinded of it. So we can hold unforgiveness towards somebody and it's doing us more damage than it's doing the other person. So why is the enemy so vigilant? Well, the enemy is vigilant to get access to the spot. Because he doesn't want you to get to your destiny. Haven't you ever asked yourself, what am, I, what am I supposed to do? Why am I here? Come on. Is this all there is? Where is my life going? I don't know how many people I've ministered to ask me that same question. What, what, am, I, what am I supposed to do? Where, where, where am I going? Where's my life going? The answer is, it's under the spot. They said, spot? What spot? The spot is Satan's right, his claim to hold you back by deception. The spot attracts these counterfeit relationships, keeps you repeating what you really don't want to do. How many of you keep repeating what you don't want to do? Okay? There's a spot. It's Satan's claim. It ties you back to the influence of the world. What's the influence of the world? Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Ties you back. If you, if you, if you, ever, if you can just get those three things, you'll know that it, that's what tied you back to the world. <clears throat> so we're always going somewhere but ending up nowhere when we have a spot of unforgiveness because it keeps you reacting out of your sinful nature, your flesh, instead of responding out of your spirit when opposition comes. You see, spots like this can shipwreck your faith and get you totally off course in the path of life. You're already on the path of life. You remember I I ministered out a couple of weeks ago uh, three avenues that we travel, the street, the path, and the highway. Okay, so the street is where we got rescued from, right? When Jesus saved us from the street, streets are, are, are looked on as a place of uh, rebellion and partying and all this stuff that we used to do. We are constantly on the street tonight. But the path is once we get saved, Jesus puts us on a path. And that path is to work out our salvation. But on that, on that path, we can get sidetracked and make our own path. Come on, you can make your own path. He said a path that leads to life. And he said what? Few find it. This is why. Because of the spots. We don't, we, we don't find it because we, we, we go down one path 
and then find out we went down the wrong path. And then we come back, and, and several months later, we're down the path again, just a different face. But what's the highway? You remember the highway? The highway, it's, it, it's, it's prophesied in Isaiah, the highway of holiness. And he said only the redeemed can travel there. Now, the redeemed is your spirit, your soul, your body, and your finances. You're a whole man. And you think of a highway. I said, Lord, how many, how many, how many, how many uh, roads does this highway have? He said four. Why did he say four? There's four chambers to the soul. So you're, you, you think of a highway, four-lane highway, you're moving at such an accelerated pace, some th things are coming faster to you than you were when you were in the path. Well, that's the blessings overtaking you. Listen, until you walk in holiness, you cannot walk in abundance. It's impossible. But if you can get on the highway... And get these spots. See, if you, if you can just get these tonight, you'll walk right down that path and get into that four lane. By the end of the year, you'll be, in that, you'll be on that highway of holiness. And things will be coming in your life so quickly that uh, you'll be spilling over. Where's that little man that spills over right there? You seen spilling over with blessing? <clears throat> So listen, spots cover sin. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sin will what? Not prosper. He who covers his sin will not prosper. Prosper means to reach the goal. Empowered to reach the goal. Sin is rebellion, which comes from Korah. So he's saying, if, you're, if you hold on to your spot and holding on to sin, you cannot get to your goal. You cannot reach the goal. But there is hope, praise the Lord. I love Jesus Christ. He is the hope of glory. He is the hope in us. Luke eleven twenty two says, but when one stronger than he comes upon him, the strong man, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted in and divides his spoil. You see his armor? The spirit, six spirits. Jesus is the only one that can take care of that man right there. He's the only one that's stronger than him. So the same Jesus that saved your spirit is the same Jesus that's going to bring salvation to your soul. So Matthew 12, 29 says, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he what? First 
binds the strong man. Then he can plunder his good. Okay, the power of Jesus is in you. The hope of Jesus is in you. You haven't touched into the power that you have. When Jesus said in Matthew, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So we bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. And we loose the power of God and plunder his house and his goods of unforgiveness. When I was ministering in healing a lot, cancer, people dying, being raised up, God was just moving for years in my life. But I would bind the strong man of sickness. And the whole time I was binding the wrong man. But there was grace. Because there's grace where there's ignorance. When your heart's right, there's grace. Grace covers ignorance. Mercy covers uh, uh, disobedience. So you're covered. So you can bind the, the strong man of Korah and loose the power of God and plunder his house. So let's go back to the strong man's defenses and what triggers these defenses. Truth triggers the defenses of Satan. Words are life and death. When the promise of God, which is salvation, is near you, what happens? Bondage increases. So, the defense system increases, and salvation is near. People would come to me when I was working out my stuff and thought I was right in my own eyes. How many of you have been there? And somebody tells you you're not supposed to be with somebody, and you want to fight them, believing that you're supposed to be with that person. That's truth. And the first thing you do, you defend it. Your defense system kicks in. Listen, if you've got to defend it, if you've got to justify it, you are guilty. We are guilty. Because, listen, we don't have to defend ourselves if we're walking in righteousness. We've got one that defends us. We've got one that protects us. We've got one that oversees us. If we are right standing with him in our spirit and our mind, he will protect us. So when we react out of emotions and complain, for example, Satan is defending unforgiveness through you. So when we act in bitterness and speak in bitterness, Satan is defending his unforgiveness in you. Anger. A lot of angry people these days, especially in the church. So when anger comes out of your mouth, it tells you what's hidden, what's holding you back. So get familiar with these. Anger is an extreme displeasure, a rage. Envy is waiting, wanting what we don't have. 
covetousness. Jealousy is the fear of the loss of another's affection. Bitterness is a strong animosity towards someone. And pride is self-sufficient, self-centered, a high opinion of oneself, conceited. That's how we get into debt. We want to be self-sufficient. God won't lead you into debt. So pride does it. Complaining expresses dissatisfaction. So notice, the strong man's defense has different faces and different fruit. You wouldn't think, listen, now you wouldn't think, for example, complaining would be tied to unforgiveness, would you? Deception is the appearance of something that is not. Satan disguises himself to be something he's not. So when anger comes out of you, doesn't mean you have anger as your stronghold. Anger is the defense of something that is appearing not to be, and that's unforgiveness. You see what God's doing? You see this, you see this vision God gave me right here? That's the life center. You see this teaching that's going to be coming out of these buildings? These buildings are those buildings right there. The bride needs to be taught in every one of these positions before she's released into ministry. The strong man cannot release his defense system without your cooperation because there's power and agreement. So how does it all start? With a thought. It starts with a thought. Because you got to think about complaining before you speak it, right? You got to think about getting angry before you speak it. It starts with a thought. A very small spot or thought triggers the defense system. And we come in agreement with that thought. We come in agreement with Satan, and we give him full reign. So through lack of knowledge of truth, we go into prison, captivity. But we come into agreement with what we, what we know. If the defenses is all we, you know, then that's what you will come into agreement with. Listen, if you don't have the truth, if, you, if you've never seen this before, this vision, and didn't know this truth, this structure, this kingdom, then all you would know is what is coming through you. Complaining, jealousy, all these things. So all six defenses of unforgiveness may not be evident. Listen, this is very important. You can sit there and say, well, I, I, only have, I don't have all those. You may have one of them. You may have anger. Anger is the sign that it's there. But see, <clears throat> if you continue to exercise that anger, you will grow into the rest of them. 
Because you're going to grow in anything that feeds. You're feeding, it's going to grow. Anything you feed is going to grow. So you'll end up walking around with all these coming out of your mouth. You'll grow in it. Nevertheless, we are the one giving Satan back his power that Jesus stripped him of. So if you repeat the same thing over and over again, never reaching the goal of salvation, now you know why. The truth sets you free. Did y'all get that? We're getting it? Okay, we're going to move on. We're, we're getting finished here. The hidden spot is shame. Strong man, the prophet of Satan, sitting on the spot. Now, shame is a part of us. Listen to this. Shame is a part of us that we are aware of, but do not allow anyone else to see. It's a part of us that we are aware of, that we keep it hidden from everybody else. So we have the strong man sitting on his throne, which is the spot, representing his kingdom, representing his gospel, his ministry of rebellion, pride, controlling, cursing, deception, masking, self-centered, and money, love of money. His defense system. Each spot will have its strong influence. In this particular spot, I asked the Lord, is it one or two? He said it's both. It's greed, which comes from the spirit of Balaam, and rebellion that comes from the spirit of Korah. Greed, money, Rebellion. Both of those are defense systems in this particular spot. <clears throat> so the strong man has to be fully armed to guard his house so his goods can be at peace. So what's his goods here? What is he protecting? What's his good? Shame. Shame. He wants to protect shame. The army. The defense, his army of defense keeps him, keeps that kingdom of shame protected. So let's identify shame's defenses. Let's start with rebellion. Rebellion is an uprising to overthrow authority. It's an uprising to overthrow authority. Pride is, again, self-sufficient, self-centered, high opinion of oneself, conceited. Controlling is a person who dominates others. They control out of fear. They hold you in restraint. Cursing is a blasphemous spirit, foul language. And see, this, this cursing, like all these spirits, but cursing actually uh, uh, invokes evil. It actually calls on evil to come. Deception 
is to mislead, to trap, to believe what is not true. Self-centered is selfishness engrossed in oneself. Masking conceals the true identity. And when I see, uh, saw this in the spirit, uh, it reminds me of Jezebel. Doesn't Jezebel put on many faces? Remember in the, in the Old Testament, she put on many faces to fit the occasion. She goes after authority. So she wants to get close to authority by putting on a religious face or a, or a born-again face or uh, something just to get close to authority. Money, the love of money, the root of all evil. These are the spirits that strengthen Satan's claim of shame on your life. The claim is shame. Notice what's hidden under the spot of shame. What is it? The treasure. Now, where's the treasure? What is the treasure? The treasure is in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So what is the treasure? What is it? The excellence of the power is the treasure. You see, the power that excels and surpasses normal ability, that's what excellent power does. It is the resurrection power that comes forth when we die to the strong man and his defenses. So to live the resurrected kingdom life you must have to live the resurrected power. You have to live in that resurrected power to live in the kingdom life and experience the kingdom. Now let's go to 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. It says, by his divine power, here's that power again, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and power, by which by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine power, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Listen, listen to this. The treasure is the divine power that gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Did you hear that? So, if you haven't lived, haven't experienced some abundance in your life, then you know the treasure, the excellence of power, is capped off. Because it's only through His divine power that you receive the great and precious promises. So when we release the treasure, it frees you to connect with the, these promises that's already been given to you. These promises are already there for you, but you have to connect with the power to get to these promises. So, wow. You mean to tell me that that little spot has kept me from the abundant life I'm called to? 
that little tiny spot in my head has kept me from the abundant life I'm called to. Isn't that amazing? He said a little leaven, what? Leaven's the whole lump. A little spot spoils the rest. I need some air, uh, Richard. Getting hot up here. Okay. All right, we're moving along. So shame was birthed in the Garden of Eden when Abraham had lost God's covering through rebellion and he covered himself with fig leaves. So shame is what? A painful emotion caused by a strong sense of guilt, embarrassment, and unworthiness. Guilt, embarrassment, and unworthiness is shame. It's the spot of shame. The spot of shame is the residue of the fall of Adam. Remember, in Christ, our spirit has no shame. There's no condemnation in Christ. If we're free from that power. But the soul has the residue, the spot that Satan is attracted to, to reclaim his kingdom to oppose the kingdom of God from advancing in your life. So Jesus said what? You have to work out what's in your spirit into your head. See, the spot has no power until you give it power. You see, shame houses things that we have engaged in that are forbidden. Adultery while you're married, fornication while you're a Christian. These are the things that we engage in that, that attracts the strong man to set up his throne and causes shame. The spot has no power until you give it to him. So you see Satan's devices. You see his, his army there. If you, can, if you can, if I were you, I would take a picture of these before you leave. Just take a picture and memorize because one of us have these or one of us may have all of them. If you're not living the abundant life of Christ, then here's the problem. This is it. So everybody in this room has got at least one of these or all of them. So memorize the defenses so that you'll know when it's in operation. Memorize the defenses so that you'll know when they're in operation. And you can bring this, this thing down. You see, these are the devices of Satan. And when we yield to them in adversity, listen, in adversity or opposition, we surrender power to set up and strengthen the strong man. And this usually happens in the doorway of change right behind you. It happens in the doorway of change. Promotion is emotion. When adversity and opposition are coming your way, God is going to deliver you from it because you had delivered yourself from it. Do you hear me? 
God's going to have his way. He's going to deliver you from it, whether you've delivered yourself from it or not. There's a time, there's an appointed time that things have to get done, and he's got to use you. I used to hear all the time, people would tell me, Gene, if you don't get this right, God's just going to pass by you and put somebody else in that position. I don't serve that kind of God. If he's written in the book what I'm supposed to do, then my name's the only one in the book. There's nobody else in there. He's going to wait on you to get it right, and if you don't get it right, there is an appointed time that he's going to step in and expose everything in your life. Come on, you can't, you can't get away from it. He loves you too much to let you stay in error. Come on. Isn't that right, Glenn? He loves you too much to let you stay on the wrong path. Happens in the doorway of change. He can prevent that divine power from coming forth in you to connect to what makes your life complete. And that's the promises. God put these desires in you. All his promises come one at a time. When you get a desire, that's the promise. When I had a desire for a wife, the promise came. I don't need that desire anymore. Now, now my desire now is for this ministry. My desire now is for the business to expand and grow with different legs so that we have different avenues to reach people. So he puts another desire in me. So the spot is Satan's right to hold you back from those promises. Get familiar with these defenses. Bring thoughts captive. Bring, bring thoughts captive in temptation, in adversity, in opposition, in disappointments, and in loss. Bring those thoughts captive. Bind the strong man of greed and rebellion in the name of Jesus and loose the treasure, the excellence of the power and plunder his house, and let that power get out of you because you've got to have power before you can obtain. Because the promise is holy. And if you don't have a holy power working in your life, you cannot have that promise. You cannot have it. Okay, let's go to the last one. I think Krista did a great job on these. Great job. Great job. Okay, the blind spot, rejection. I call it spot number three. Who's a strong man? Nope. Strong man's not rejection. Uh, Balaam? Is that it? Balaam? Korah's rebellion. Sex for approval is rebellion. A man pleaser is rebellion. So, so both of these have both of them. So when you come after these, you'll come after both of them. When you come after this one, he said it's just rebellion. Strong man. Fully armed. 
He's guarding his house. What's he guarding? Rejection. I see more rejection in the, in the church now than I see anything. Any, I see more rejection. I see unforgiveness. I see more rejection than I see shame. Why is that? Because they were serving the leader. Come on. The leader's not supposed to be served. Come on. The leader's supposed to serve you. Isn't that right, Glenn? The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher is supposed to serve you. That's why I'm here on Saturday night. That's why I'm working this ministry. Because I'm serving you. That's my call is to serve you. And I want to please the Lord. So, rejection. His defense system is sex. There's six defenses. One is sex. Sex for approval. Fornication, adultery, lust, homosexuality is going to be with this spirit. Number two is man-pleasing. Pleasing man to gain acceptance. Yes man. You're a yes man. Trying to accomplish something through man that only Jesus can do. Do you hear that? You're trying to accomplish something through man that only Jesus can do. Man pleaser, materialism. We buy, 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 buy and never have enough. We're never satisfied. We buy to make happy. We buy to fill a void. We buy when we're depressed. That's what materialism is never having enough, never satisfied. Non trusting, number four, non trusting. That's insecurity. You see, someone who is non-trusting uh, is insecure and always suspicious of others. That's how you know that spirit's in operation. Suspicious of others. Fears. The fear of rejection. The fear of man. Anxieties, worries, and depression come from this spirit. Anxieties, worries, and depression come from this spirit manipulation number six is being devious works schemes at the cost of others all right let's what's the cause i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say five of them divorce is a cause that attracts the stronghold to influence rejection and keep it alive. See, rejection in the soul is not made alive until the strong man comes. He brings life to it. Okay? So, so divorce will cause that attraction. Uh, Never obtaining the love and the approval of a mother or a father or a former mate or a mate will cause that attraction. Abandonment as a child from a mother or a father will cause that attraction. Now, I didn't just think these things up. 
I'm in two to three hours of worship and getting into the third heaven, talking to God, and he's telling me these things. So I know they work. They'll work. Four, being betrayed by someone who you should have, had, should have felt safe with. You ever, been, you ever been there, been betrayed by someone you've, you thought you were safe with? Number five, un, unaffirmed sons and daughters who were, never, who were driven to perform for approval. That's the spirit of rejection and operation. The strong man in operation. For example, when Mr. Wright comes along or Mrs. Wright comes along, and if we have a spot of rejection that has not been washed, the enemy will work through that person gradually to prompt you to sex before marriage, pleasing him to be accepted, buying gifts, even supporting him, and being suspicious about what he's doing when you're not around. (laughs) Come on. And then we become devious and manipulative, trying to figure him out. So as he prompts you to yield to these things, he is setting up his and strengthening his kingdom of rejection. So if the truth doesn't show up, you will be tormented in that relationship as it comes to an end. It's coming to an end because there's no life on it. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a counterfeit life on it. So it's coming to an end. So make sure that we're washed and cleansed of rejection uh, because God will not send your mate to you. If you're crying out to God for your mate, He won't send your mate to you until you get rid of this because you won't know the difference between your mate and the counterfeit because they'll look like the same thing. Y'all ought to be shouting tonight, man. If I, listen, if I had this stuff 20 years ago, I would have been a lot farther along than I am right now. But what's going to be What's going to be great when Titan gets us finished, and then when Eric animates them, we're going to have these animated so that when I'm ministering on them, and I'm, I'm talking about the, the spirit of manipulation, that spirit will be going in and out, in and out while I'm talking about him. You see? It's going to be, it's going to be so effective. You'll be tormented if you don't get the rejection uh, washed. All this just to be accepted. Listen, nobody can accept you like Jesus can. Nobody can love you like Jesus can. Until the kingdom of love and acceptance replaces rejection, this will continue to be a vicious cycle for you. Everything you need is already in your spirit. Everything you need is in your spirit. The treasure is in your spirit. The excellence of power is in your spirit. It's the word of God that keeps you in the spirit. 
Okay, did you hear that? You see, obedience keeps you in the Spirit, walking in Spirit, and it leads you to salvation. So these are the three spots. They're actually emotional high places. Emotional high places. What's that scripture that says, uh, 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 what is it, Lord? Our weapons for warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, for the pulling down of strongholds, for casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge is down here. The high thing has exalted itself against the knowledge of God. It's setting on top of it. I look at these as three trash cans. But we keep dumping our garbage into it. Our emotional garbage, we keep dumping it into this. Jesus is the only way and the only one that can destroy the strong man and plunder his house. That's good news, isn't it? I'm going to leave you with two scriptures. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, and listen, who says to Zion, who's Zion? Come on, the church, you. Your God reigns. Say it. My God reigns. Isaiah 61.1 says, The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. And Isaiah 61.7 says, Instead of your former shame, listen to this, Instead of your former shame, you shall have double honor. Double honor. And it goes on to say in this verse, instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in your portion. You shall possess double what was forfeited. So all those years, we have been yielding to Satan's kingdom, forfeiting what we are supposed to have. God doubles it back to you. Isn't that amazing? We serve a God that is multiplying us even in our ignorance. Isn't that amazing? He is multiplying us even in our ignorance. He is possessing us double for our trouble. Giving us double for our trouble. Praise the Lord, the good news is salvation. He heals the brokenhearted. He he gives freedom to the physical and the spiritual captives. He opens those prisons that are bound. That's a prison house. Tell me that's not a prison house. This is prison right here. Powerful. 
He removes shame and gives you double honor. He removes confusion and gives you your portion. He gives you double for what was forfeited by the spots all these years. Amen. I'm going to give you three scriptures or several scriptures to write down. Just write them down because I want you to use these when you go after the strong man. James 2.19, James 4.7, and God gave them to me in this order, Mark 11.22, Hebrews 4.2, 1 Peter 1.9, Matthew 12, 28. I love that one. It says, if it's by God's power that I'm sending the evil spirits packing their bags, then I know it's God's kingdom is at hand, has come upon me. Packing their bags. Matthew 12, 28. Luke eleven twenty two. 22. John 8, 36. Ephesians 5.13. Anybody miss any of those? All right, I'm going to repeat them again. <clears throat> James 2.19. James 4.7. Mark 11.22. Hebrews 4.2. One Peter one nine Matthew twelve twenty eight Luke eleven twenty two John eight thirty six and Ephesians five thirteen. Get those meditate on those scriptures and go after the devil. Because 1 Peter 1 9 says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. I don't know how many religious people I've said that to. They say, you cannot receive the end of your faith on earth. He said, your faith comes to an end when you get to heaven. Well, that's not what that verse says. It says, I receive. It doesn't say receiving your faith when I get to the end of my faith when I get to heaven. It says receiving the end of my faith, the salvation of what? My soul. I always use my wife for an example. I had faith for a wife. Okay. Now my faith has come to an end, right? Amen. I don't need faith for another wife. Okay. I got one. One. So it came to an end, right? So your soul can be made whole through obedience to the Word of God. So you're going to what? You're going to identify? How many of you identified tonight? Every hand should be raised. You've identified. Now you're going to submit to the truth, and restoration is going to come. And then you're going to live the abundant life. 
Just giving some praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on up, Lee. Close us out in prayer. Praise the Lord.